Facebook Live Sports Beat Live brought to you by the University of Kansas Health System. We are going to talk about a wild card weekend, and it was absolutely wild at Arrowhead Stadium, I would say, as the Chiefs rolled to a 42-21 win over the Pittsburgh Steelers. I am joined by my colleagues, Vahe Gregorian. How you doing, Vahe? I'm good, Herbie. Here's the room I'm in. It says Chiefs offense. That seems to be a big part of the story tonight. <laughs> Absolutely. Also joining us, Sam McDowell, my beat partner. Sam, how you doing, my man? I got nothing. Um, even remotely similar to that, I'm looking at what looks like band equipment or something. So um, I can't top that. <laughs> you can't top that. And nobody has a cup of coffee, but you know what? We're going to dive right into this. We're approaching the witching hour, but there's a lot to talk about as the Chiefs just absolutely dominated the Steelers for the second time in less than a month. Vahe, you mentioned the offense. It, it, it didn't start out that way, though, did it? No, and that's that's kind of the little asterisk to this game that, uh, that um, once we get our sleeves rolled up and start writing uh, after the press conferences and this that I'll try to get into a little bit. I mean, first five possessions, punt, punt, interception, punt, fumble. Um, that'll get you beat against the Buffalo Bills. Uh, it did mostly proved irrelevant against the Steelers because it, that just became a wake-up call and they snapped their fingers and presto, you know, six straight scoring drives. Um, but, you know, make no mistake, it's a pretty bad Pittsburgh team. That, that also didn't match up well with the Chiefs. It's a bad combination. And uh, at, it ended up being a lot more like a buy than I think I thought it would be. Uh, Sam McDowell, of course, was all over the idea that the Chiefs would romp on this. But uh, some of us have to, you know, live up to the show me state roots on, uh, on this. <laughs> okay. What did they show you today, Sam? Obviously, like Vahe pointed out there, it didn't start out well. Uh, they even had... The wildcat formation play that you know a lot of us threw our hands up in the in the press box like what were they doing here? You know, McCole Hardman botched the uh, the handoff to Darrell Williams. Williams recovered it, then Williams fumbles, and then T.J. Watt scoop and score for a touchdown. Next thing you know, it's seven to nothing. But Patrick Mahomes, you know, as as we all seen him do before, found that switch, and then boy, did he ever turn it on, right, Sam? Yeah, you know, it, it's reminiscent to me of their Super Bowl run. When, you know, they went through the Texans and um, the Titans, even they were losing that game. And then, of course, in the fourth quarter of the actual Super Bowl, when when this guy gets put in a hole, he seems to, to find his very best. And, you know, this, this team struggled for five possessions. And I'm in complete agreement with, with Vahe. If they go five possessions without scoring against the Bills, they're not winning that game. They, they can't have an outing like they had in the first quarter tonight next week against the Bills because the Bills are a much better team. And that's basically what it came down to and why and Vahe alluded to it, that I thought that so much would have to go in Pittsburgh's favor to win this tonight. They got two turnovers. Um, one of them was Chiefs aided by that play that you referenced, Herbie, which was a, sort of an inexplicable play call, you know, and, and not for the reasons that a lot of people, I think, disagree with it. I think a lot of people think, well, they just got too cute. They ran a lot of cute stuff tonight that was very successful. But I just think that stuff needs to include Patrick Mahomes in the equation. And when you take him out of the equation and you ask a guy that has only taken one snap all year, you know, you put yourselves in a bad spot there. But the Steelers just aren't a good football team. And they, they were fortunate enough that the Steelers offered them time to get it together offensively. 
But man, it just seems like when you get 15 in a bad spot, he, he somehow comes up with his very best. And I do think to, to sort of top this off, when you go back and look at 2019, it's awfully reminiscent. And I, I think those experiences helped the Chiefs tonight. When you when you talk about Mahomes, okay, 404 yards passing, five touchdowns. Of course, you know, the, the interception that T.J. Watt tipped, you know, a, a deflected pass and it's intercepted, but he ended up posting a 138.2 passer rating. Uh, you had Jarek McKinnon catching a touchdown. Travis Kelsey catching a touchdown. Tyreek Hill. Byron Pringle had two, but we'll get to where one of his came from shortly here. But McKinnon seemed to be the guy that was kind of helping drive the train a little bit when the Chiefs were going through their struggles. What did you see out of McKinnon, Sam? Yeah, you know, I mean, he's forced into action. Um, it, it, it's a pretty good story with, with Jared McKinnon. And, and, you know, our own Lila Bromberg will, will write a story on that. But, um, you know, he's a guy that came here to play in the playoffs. That was one of the reasons he picked up to, to, to in Kansas City. You know, he's at the twilight of his career. And I say that because he's played eight years. That That's longer than a shelf life for the average running back. Um, but he had a lot of bursts tonight. And, you know, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's out. Daryl Williams, you know, played a little bit. But, I, you know, Herbie, he was, he was limited all week in practice. So you and I anticipated that he might not have a full workload. I don't know that I anticipated that Jarek McKinnon would. And I'm not sure the Chiefs anticipated that. You know, Derek Gore's given them some good carries. And I just wondered if this was a hot hand situation where, you know, a lot of what the Steelers were doing was leaving uh, the underneath open. And I think they played the guy that can be best after the catch, and that was Jarek McKinnon. 142 total yards from Jarrett McKinnon Vahe. What what kind of dynamic does he add to this offense now? He, Sam mentioned that Daryl Williams is limited. We don't know when Clyde Edwards-Alaire is going to return, but when you look at what McKinnon did in the regular season finale against Denver and now this game, what what what, what does he add to this Chiefs offense? And, and you know Andy Reid as well as anybody. How do you think he's feeling about having a weapon like McKinnon now? Well, look, at the very least, it gives them a, 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 at least a tandem concept, a, a little bit of a, a change of pace. Uh, he's obviously very dynamic. Um, you know, there were a couple plays today that I, I'm not I, – I don't think – that he made that I don't think Daryl Williams makes. Um, and, you know, maybe they're more what you would hope to be in Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's wheelhouse. But, um, you know, it had, Clyde – because of injuries and has not been able to be out here consistently uh, all season in a lot of ways. So it's the right time for, for this hot hand to be emerging, wherever we want to look at him. And I think he does add a little dimension to the offense. Um, there was one play the the screen back against the grain uh, was a play that was uh, interesting. It was really conceived in an interesting way. And it started with so much speed kind of going the other way. It was Hardman in motion. It was a fake to McKinnon. And it was sort of a little fake fake to uh, Tyree Kill, all moving to the right, and then boom, back to McKinnon on the screen. It just it, it makes you think how how that must look through the lens of the defense. And that is a lot to try to try to you know settle in with. And so anyway, I, I'm being redundant, but I I, I do think that it's a it, it's a it's a good find uh, to get to see him highlighted these last couple of weeks. We should mention, um, Harvey, the, uh, the the comment that we just had on the screen, though. Stephen Logan's absolutely right. You know, the, the running backs look a lot better this year because the offensive line's a lot better this year. And the Steelers came in with the worst run defense in the league in terms of yards per game and yards per carry. So, I mean, if you're going to have your first start of the season, 
you could not pick a better opponent, better time, better situation. Um, I will say, and I don't have the roster in front of me, um, but number 25 from Pittsburgh has a, a highlight he's going to want to absolutely burn um, from Jarek McKinnon, burning him in the secondary. Um, like I said, I, I, I can't remember exactly who that was. I'm sure he's watching, so he's pumped I'm not mentioning his name. <laughs> but McKinnon put a move on that guy that was something to see. Hey, Brian Johnson nails it there. We have a nice running back by committee group. All are capable of giving reps, and he's absolutely correct. And we're definitely seeing it with Jarek McKinnon. Sam mentions that, you know, we were kind of surprised that his amount of action that he got. Imagine what the Steelers were thinking. But one guy who should not have surprised them was Travis Kelsey. Kelsey here with with five catches for 108 yards and a touchdown, and he threw a touchdown pass. There was some some surprise, Herbie. There was some surprise in the Travis Kelsey game. I think I'm frozen. Oh, here I am. I'm back. I'm back. (laughs) Okay. Kelsey Kelsey had that touchdown pass, Vahe. What what did he say after the game about the touchdown pass that he threw to Byron Pringle? Well, first of all, it started with the uh, apparent national story of the day today with uh, Donna Kelsey getting the first question uh, after making her trek from Tampa Bay to here, which was really pretty cool. And it was fun. We were a little unclear on whether Travis knew that she uh, she had actually made it or not. Sam McDowell asked him and he kind of got away from the question, got away from the question. But uh, when she asked the first question, he clearly was surprised uh, when she was introduced and she brought up the point or Travis in his answer brought up the point that he'd been talking about throwing a touchdown pass in the NFL since he was five. Um, and then he lamented that it took him nine years in the league. He also brought up the point that he thought he may have exhausted his opportunities um, with, I, I guess it was the incompletion last year in Tampa, uh, but also the, uh, the interception that we uh, remember too. So he, he uh, I think felt fortunate that, uh, that Andy, Andy still thought it was worth giving it a shot. On, on that particular play, uh, because of what Vahe just mentioned, uh, Travis Kelsey said that they told him not to read anything. They said, just, just trust this is going to be open. We don't want you reading and deciding who to throw the ball to because the interception that Vahe is talking about, which I think was in New York, right? It was, yeah. The losing streak that they had that year. Um, that was not his first read on that play, and he thought that that guy was open to pass his interception. So he claims tonight Danny Reed said, you're not allowed to read the defense. You're, you have to throw it to this guy. What's funny is that when you go back and look at the replay, Patrick Mahomes is wide open in the flat and calling for the ball. And the other information that Patrick Mahomes got, <laughs> you were not getting thrown the ball in this play. Don't ask for it. And you've got, you can see his hand up saying, hey, you got me here if you need me. What's funny is that Patrick complained about that, that he wants to talk to Andy about making sure he's included as an option on that. And the other thing that's a little uh, hard to follow is that Andy seemed to suggest that Travis didn't throw to where it was supposed to go or that the play didn't quite unfold um, as it was intended. But, uh, you know, Travis was sticking with the no read, no read story. I'll I'll just interject real quick, Herbie, while we're on this uh, read situation, uh, Andy and the read on the play both. Uh, Patrick also shared that Nick Allegretti was the fourth option on, uh, on that touchdown pass. And, it sort of made me think about how this night started to unfold for the Chiefs that um, a play that they ran earlier this week in practice, as Patrick put it, they weren't even trying to run it to Nick, but because everybody was covered, he threw it to Nick and he caught it. And in some odd way, that led to how this played out, which, by the way, did come with uh, Nick Allegretti first uh, basically tossing uh, T.J. Watt to the ground before he uh, broke open. 
Yeah. And, and Sam, you mentioned some of the cute plays that they did run, and that was absolutely one of them. Nick Allegretti catching the touchdown from Patrick Mahomes. But we've seen that play before, haven't we? Yeah, we saw it in training camp. That's one of those that we had to abide by the rules, Herbie, and not tweet it out. And uh, luckily for the Chiefs, we didn't, because otherwise the Steelers would have been double-teaming Nick Allegretti on the play. <laughs> but who was the original wide res- Who was the original uh, offensive lineman who who that play was 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 that we watched out there at training camp? Yeah, that would have been one of the great times to be in the locker room. And how, I mean, how many times have we said that? But uh, Andrew Wiley is the guy we saw catch that touchdown. But Andrew Wiley was not part of the starting offensive line like he is now. So I'd love to talk to Nick Allegretti and, and just say, hey, you know, did you at some point say you've got this play for Andrew Wiley, but now I'm the sixth offensive lineman on goal line packages. I can run that play too. I, I sort of wondered how he was the guy who ended up in, and, and Mahomes said that, you know, because he's the guy, he's eligible because he's the sixth guy on the offensive line as long as he reports, which he did, but that um, he leaks out, you know, he's still supposed to block. That's his primary uh, job on that play but if nothing's open he can leak out if he sees something and that's what he did on that play now if i think if you tell an offensive lineman you can leak out i'm giving it half a second max <laughs> saying, hey i got my guy I, you know it's time to leak out here hey one other thing uh, just to add about nick uh he he's one of those guys like most of the offensive linemen right we've had really good experiences with the linemen they're almost always among the best interviews but Nick is a very pleasant guy, and, and it's one of those guys that uh, we wish, of course, we could we could see in the locker room. Even when he wasn't playing, he was a guy that, uh, uh, I don't know, was just always engaging. So um, maybe we'll get to chat with him sometime before too long about that. Uh, seems like seems like it was a, 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 a guy you want to see get the score a touchdown. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. We, we spent a, a good portion of time on the offense. But we have to talk about that defense. They, they were up 35-7 to on the Steelers. Before the Steelers started scoring some points and, you know, accumulating some yardage with the game out of hand. But how impressive, especially knowing the last the way the Chiefs closed out the regular season against the Cincinnati Bengals and they let the Denver Broncos hang around. And we had questions about this defense, but how impressed were you about this defensive showing against the Steelers, Sam? I think it's a reminder not to get too reactionary based on one or two weeks. You know, when when the Chiefs had that, you know, extended winning streak over the middle of the season, a lot of the credit, especially early on, was their defense. And there was talk that they had turned it around. Then, like you mentioned, Harvey, we saw the last two weeks, and it caused people to wonder, have they reverted all the way back to what we saw at the start of the season? And I think the answer is there's somewhere in between. You know, this defense is good enough coupled with this offense to win a Super Bowl. I fully believe that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, they were aided tonight by the quarterback. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger had nothing to give tonight. And, you know, great career. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. He's won two Super Bowls, likely his last game tonight. But it needs to be his last game based on the way he was throwing the football tonight. So I thought their defense played great, um, but just not a real stiff challenge to where I'm ready to say they're back to where they were during that winning streak that they had. And I'll just uh, chime in also with that, Herbie. I, so this really is kind of a tweener thing, right? Because the Steelers, the Steelers just weren't an enormous challenge offensively, obviously. And, and uh, that being said, they're still NFL players and uh, a potent running back. And well, not, not, 
Not all of them are NFL players. One of them is no longer an NFL player after tonight, we don't think. <laughs> Apparently. But, I mean, to your point, Herbie, you mentioned this before, but I, I believe the, the correct number was four, they had 43 yards when the Chiefs had 35 points. Yeah. They were, the Chiefs were closing in on having more points than the Steelers had yards at, at, at one level there. Um, I think, too, that I, I've been thinking about this all the more the last couple of weeks. I thought it was interesting that Andy Reid earlier this week made a point of saying, that uh, it can be a complicated, he didn't use these words, but this is what he meant, a complicated psychological point when you win the AFC West by, with two games left to play. And I think by extrapolating uh, how they played the last couple of weeks, the tackling in particular, uh, it's cer- certain level of intensity, not to say they were you know, sagging, but there, there's a difference between being at your peak and just playing. And so I think you got a, a playoff ready defense today playing against a bad football team. Now we'll see what it looks like next week playing against a really good football team. That, that yeah, and that's, that'll go ahead, Sam. Well, just the comment real quick, Kirby, the um, Rob, and I shouldn't even try to say his last name here, but I uh, appreciate your comment, Rob, um, about the Steelers fans that were in attendance tonight to say goodbye to Ben. I, you know, the, the Steelers always show up. Um, they're, they're traveling fans. I, I, I still think they've got the best traveling fan base um, that comes to Arrowhead. We see a lot of Chiefs fans on the road at the road, at the road games that we go to. Um, but they also stayed about, what was it, 45 minutes after the game, Bahe, that I pointed out to you in the visiting tunnel where the players come out and then where they leave. And they're chanting, we want Ben, we want Ben. Um, unfortunately, the fans eventually get kicked out when they close up the stadium. <laughs> And I noticed that when that happened, Roethlisberger was at the podium answering questions from the media. So he didn't have that opportunity. But, man, I thought that would have been just a really cool thing, especially in a visiting stadium, if, if we had been able to see an opposing quarterback come out and say goodbye. And, and there were a lot of them. I mean, it wasn't like a dozen fans down there. I mean, Bahia and I estimated maybe 100 fans are circling that tunnel. Easily. Hoping that, hoping that Big Ben comes out for, for maybe one last lap or something. Yeah. Vahe, what did Andy Reid say about Big Ben and his career? I know, well, I, I know. He, yeah. yeah, he was just trying to, I think, make the point that, uh, you know, it was an honor to play against him. He was a champion. Um, it was interesting after the game, you guys might have spotted a different person or two. I'm sure there was a, well, I know I saw a picture of Patrick uh, uh, with, with uh, Roethlisberger, and then it, it was almost like they went sort of over to him one by one. Andy had sort of a one-on-one with him, and then the enemy I saw and Spagnolo, they all so they all had these kind of moments with them. And you know, it's a it's a pretty amazing career. But to Sam's point, um really it, it, it needs to end. I mean it 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 uh it it, it really for for a proud franchise and a, a proud career, you, you don't want it to go on past this. I mean, he clearly was a shadow of himself. Um, and that's it's really not good for anybody at this stage. Yeah, we don't we don't ever want to remember him this last game we certainly want to remember when he was in his prime and a two-time Super Bowl champion because he did take the NFL by storm before we get into what awaits the Kansas City Chiefs next week let us take a quick break here with a word from our sponsor the University of Kansas Health System March 4th 2015 I got out of the shower and felt a lump in my left breast we were able to quickly uncover that she had two subtypes of breast cancer, each of them requiring separate and unique treatment plans. 
This is why you come to the University of Kansas Cancer Center. It is critical to be treated by a team of experts in that specific cancer type. If you don't start with us, I think you'll have more questions than answers. Why would you go anywhere else? And we are back. And once again, thank you to our sponsors, University of Kansas Health System. They will be with Sports Beat Live as we go through the postseason, hopefully into the Super Bowl. We know what waits next week. Uh, you know, the schedule makers were kind enough to give the Chiefs another primetime spot against the Buffalo Bills. And gentlemen, my goodness, did they look impressive against the New England Patriots or what? Sam, let's start with you. Yeah, I think it's the toughest team in the AFC. You know, if you take the Chiefs out of the equation and say what's their toughest matchup, I think it's unquestionably the Bills, and not because of what they did to the Patriots, but because of what they've done all season. They're the number one ranked defense in the league, and in particular, they're number one against the pass. They only allow 163 yards. We saw the way that played out on this field at Arrowhead State, and that was a bizarre night. We had the, we had a long delay. You know, it was, it was crappy weather. Um, and let's face it, things change in the playoffs. And I, I do think experience matters. I think playing inside the stadium matters. The Chiefs in 2019 beat two teams they lost to in the regular season. So I don't think week five is going to play a, a huge role in the divisional round next week. But the Bills are a really good football team. And, you know, there's a reason the Chiefs are only a two-and-a-half to three-point favorite next week. Uh, it's, it's, in my mind, the toughest AFC game they've had um, in the last three years. Vahe, how much do you agree with that? Yeah, I, th- I think he's right. Um, you know, it's funny. We'll we'll later look at that and in, in hindsight base it on uh, what the score proves to be, right? If the Chiefs win 27 to 14, we might feel differently. But going into it, um, it looks to me uh, like every bit that challenge. And uh, I, I think to me it's a, it's a toss-up of a game. Um, I, I think the Chiefs uh, at their best – are, are, are still capable of beating Buffalo. But what what the rub is, is what it takes to be at your best. And, you know, Sam makes a great point about uh, irresistible force versus immovable object, right? I mean, the Chiefs passing game against the Bills pass defense is pretty huge. And Josh Allen, I've got I've just gotten more and more impressed with him. I There was a time a year or so ago where I kind of thought, uh, you know, big arm, it has his moments, but just not a guy who's going to going to going to do it when it comes right down to it. I, I, I've kind of turned on him now. I kind of see him as a guy who's, who's uh, a big win right now away from being at the top of his game. You know, and, and the Bills, if you remember last year, uh, I think it was Stephon, Stephon Diggs who stayed out on the field uh, at the Chiefs. Was, was it Diggs or it was one of the Bills players who stayed yeah. out on the field I think you're when right. the, the Chiefs were being awarded the trophy? So they they want to be where the Chiefs are, and when they came in here in Week Five and, and left with a thirty-eight to twenty win, and as Sam mentioned, that was a weird game. You had the weather delay, but I, I had no doubt in my mind in Week Five who was a better team there. And then we saw what they did to the Patriots yesterday, and that was, you know, and, and somebody asked uh, the question in there: What was were the Patriots overrated or or, or what? That's a Bill Belichick coach team, and it's it's very rare you catch a Belichick team like Josh Allen and the Bills did. Would you agree with that? Well, yeah. And it, 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 the other thing, too, is that, I mean, they did split the regular season series. It's not like, you know, they were just picking up, like, like contrast that with the Chiefs situation. They they 
blasted a team that they blasted a month, you know, three weeks ago. Um, I don't think anybody anybody thought this game was going to get uh, out of hand like that um, between the Bills and 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 Patriots. Um, I think the Bills we expected to win, but I so the way they did it is pretty stunning to me. And you know whether that has more than a week's uh, staying power is another question. I, I think. Uh, you know, we know each of these games takes on their own dynamics and having that game here is a, is a pretty big deal. I think. Sam. Yeah. You know, Josh Allen. Um, I mean, Bahe sort of talked about his trajectory earlier when he played the chiefs, he was the hottest quarterback in the league. You know, he only completed 15 passes in that game and they went for over 300 yards and three touchdowns. Mahomes threw like 54 passes and didn't even get to 300 yards. I think it's still the worst yards um, per attempt. Maybe it's second of his career. But something kind of funny happened with the Bills after they left here. They started seeing a lot of the defenses that we've been talking all year about Patrick Mahomes. You know, the Jacksonville Jaguars beat the Buffalo Bills this year 9-6, to six, playing the two-deep shell against Josh Allen. His last 10 games, not talking about the playoffs, his last 10 regular season games, he only had an 84 passer rating. He threw 12 interceptions. So he's, I don't, I think some things have been put on film about Josh Allen, but, and somebody mentioned this in in the comments earlier, the Chiefs have not done particularly great against running quarterbacks. And Josh Allen can certainly run the football, not just throw it. And I think that is what should give the Chiefs defense the most alarm about him right now. I think some of the dynamics that set up well for this game too. We we talked we mentioned Jarek McKinnon earlier about how how all of a sudden now the Chiefs offense has a new toy, so to speak, in the backfield. But also the first time around, they didn't have a guy like Melvin Ingram. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, Chris Jones was still uh he was dealing with an injury because that, that was when Frank Clark came back and then all of a sudden Jones started missing games. So this defense is healthy. Uh I, I think they're capable of slowing down the Bills. I'm I'm just not ready to, to predict a, a winner at this point because I just think, quite frankly, this is going to be the game of next weekend. You know, Absolutely. when you look at all the games for the AFC and the NFC, this is the game that everyone's going to tune into because of it's the Bills and it's the uh, the Chiefs and and as Frank Clark said tonight, when you think of the two best young quarterbacks in the NFL right now, you got to think Mahomes and Josh Allen. So this this sets up this is going to be a good game. Well, I, I think it's the best two teams left in the playoffs, to be frank. And I know I know what the Packers have done in the NFC, but I I think this could be a Super Bowl matchup. I think both of these teams are, are that good. Herbie, your point about Melvin Ingram is great because what you have to do against a running quarterback is stay home on the read option and then also set the edge. And he is a different player than what the Chiefs had at defensive end last time they played there. So I, I think the Ingram addition is, is a very important point. And I don't have these numbers in front of me, you guys, but I, I'm 99% sure the Chiefs had four turnovers in that game. And I don't think the Bills had any. I, they might have had one. I, I, I don't remember for sure. But it, it certainly was instrumental in, in the, the way that game went. I, in fact, I, was, was that the game um, right after the Ravens game? Or was that the Chargers game? Yeah, it was the Chargers game. Yeah, never mind. But, I, but they did have four turnovers, and you do that in this game, you're done. As, as our esteemed colleague or former colleague, 
was writing back then after the game against the Ravens, Sam Mellinger, and he was like, oh, they're going to lose to the Bills. They do this. And then sure enough, they did it. And, and, of course, they lost that game. I think the Chiefs, though, coming into this game, they're going to be relatively healthy. They didn't have any injuries tonight. And if I'm not mistaken, the only thing that Andy Reid mentioned outside of Edwards Alaire not playing is Chris Jones. What do you say? He got poked in the eye or something like that? Was it poked in the yeah. eye or his helmet hit his eye? Some, something. Yeah, that was it was a little funny that he stopped uh, going on about it. But apparently he's OK. But uh, hmm. yeah, he's the only injury that we know of. And then, of course, obviously, uh, Rashad Fenton back injury, which which is never good when you do that in pregame uh, warm ups. But so, of course, he was also out for the game here. But this is the game of the week. I think um I think you all will agree with me that we really look forward to this game. Uh, and I think look because it's on prime challenge. time. Look forward, to, look forward to the challenge of, of covering the game, Harvey. <laughs> okay. We look forward to the challenge of covering this game. But it is going to be a fun game on Sunday night football for a second straight week. Uh, the Chiefs will host and welcome back the Buffalo Bills to Arrowhead Stadium. Gentlemen, any final thoughts about the game tonight? Well, it played out as it played out as one of us expected. Um, somebody, somebody before the game seemed awfully concerned about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, but you know, this the Chiefs did. Uh, Vahe said this, but I'm going to steal it. Um, the Chiefs did not have a bye this year, but it kind of felt like they had a, a bye based on the way the Steelers played. Um, so you know, move on. I mean, we're this is the matchup, like Herbie said, that we've been waiting for. So the, the Chiefs took care of business, even with a, a bad first quarter. Um, but they've got to play a lot more like they played over the middle two quarters next week. And I'll just say, Herbie, somebody that thought the game was going to play out like this was really quiet for the first 23 minutes of the game or so. Um, <laughs> then he started crowing. Uh, but, no, Sam saw the game right, and uh, it, it, it is how it played out. But it, but it also the, – the reason Sam saw the game that way is because he, he understood the Steelers really aren't, aren't, aren't ready for prime time anymore. Uh, they're not – you know, two years ago, they wouldn't have been in the playoffs because it wouldn't have been the seventh seed. Um, so I think we all understand that. But but look, th- this in the end uh, plays out very well for the Chiefs. They have a, a runaway victory. They I, I'm sure understand they can't win next week if they uh, don't do anything on their first five series and give the give the Bills the ball twice in that sequence. Um, and each game is different. So I, I, I think a, a Chiefs team. um Understanding the next level of challenge will will play closer to that level of challenge. And I'm excited to see this game. Yeah, and we'll have a whole week of practice coverage, press conference, uh, yeah, news conferences, not press conferences, news conferences. Uh, and we'll be recapping all of that leading up to Sunday Night Football next week. We'll also have a Sports Beat Live brought to you by the University of Kansas Health System again later on in the week. And we will dive more into the challenges that await the Kansas City Chiefs. So, Vahe Gregorian, and for Sam McDowell, and for our producer in the back, Monty Davis, I am Herbie Teope, and you have been watching Sports Beat Live, the wildcard postgame edition, brought to you by the University of, Cal- Health, University of Kansas Health System. Y'all have a good night.